Hi, CityCast listeners. Our long, awful summer is almost over, so CityCast contributor Evan Mintz has gardening on his mind. We are going to talk kale, tomatoes, bananas, and other stuff that he's growing here. It's Tuesday, September 20th. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Evan, I cannot believe that you are already doing heavy-duty gardening. Oh, yeah. It's fall gardening season already. It's 90-some degrees outside. Well, last week, it was a little bit cooler. And, you know, you look at the calendar. It's the end of September. This is the perfect time to prepare for your fall garden. Yeah. I normally think of gardening as this great way to get in touch with Houston's seasons in a way that (laughs) is not about being a consumer or, you know doing whatever Starbucks tells you to do. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to think of it as fall when it's this hot outside still. Well, it's that secret second summer that happens, you know. (laughs) Like, you think it's over, you think we're about to cool off, and then out of nowhere, triple digits again. And and that's just normal, you know. The the little beet seeds and, like, radish seeds I'm putting in the ground, they don't know. They don't know it's 100 degrees. By the time they start growing, it'll be 90. And by the time they're getting bigger, it's 80. And by the Uh time I eat them, it'll be like 79 degrees. Okay. So what are you doing out there? What have you planted? Well, a thing that I should have done a while ago but didn't was to get little tomatoes into the ground in like late July. So that by the time we're getting some nice tomato weather, like highs in the low 90s, uh, lows in the 70s, like they're ready to go. But the time to have prepared for that was July. And then you have to make sure you've got little protective nettings on them so that uh, to block the worst of the sun. And and I just didn't do that this year. Uh, But you still have time if you can buy some like big tomato plants at the store to get them in the ground now. So that when like you got this October into November, you've got some tomatoes ready to go. Yeah. So what else are you doing to prep for fall? I'm taking out all of my old plants, taking out all the old tomatoes that I hadn't done, uh, cutting down some of the eggplants, which are still incredibly productive. Oh, uh, yeah. I hate cutting down a plant that's still pumping out. I know. But at a certain point, I've got to pick and choose like which ones yeah. are going to keep around. So keep some of the eggplants, take out some other ones, cut down flowers where they bloomed and now it's just mm-hmm. kind of overgrowth, try to clear some beds taking out a lot of weeds. I'm doing a lot of weeding now because it was just impossible when it's too hot. out. Yeah. But now that the weekends are tolerable, I can really get out there in the garden. That's what I've got to do. I've got to Mm -hmm. go reclaim a bunch of beds that I could not think about defending during Mm -hmm. the summer. And then I'm just thinking about what are the things that are tasty to me. So I love growing beets. They're delicious. They're productive. Uh You can grow a bunch of them. Uh, you can put beans in the ground now, though I still have just like volunteer beans from the first bean bed I ever planted, and they just don't go away. They just keep coming back. <laughs> you just drop a few every year and they come. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can put in onion and garlic. Um, you got to keep your eye on those to make sure that you're picking them at the exact right time or else they'll start to get gross and yucky underground. You can clip those greens, though, for salads as long as they're out there. Yeah. Those are tasty. Mm-hmm. Just anything roots and leaves are good. Getting cabbage in the ground. Bet you didn't know this. Cabbage, very high in vitamin C. Oh, nope. I did I know. not know that. Yeah, very tasty. Your broccolis. My kids, I don't I don't know what I did right, but my kids love broccoli. 
So I'm looking forward to growing <laughs> broccoli so they can have the fun of like, oh, we're going to pick the broccoli from the garden and we're going to eat it. So your uh -huh. broccolis, your cauliflowers, your kales. You can get the transplants in the ground now. I've had pretty good luck growing from seeds. And the fun thing I think about growing anything from seed is that if it doesn't grow like right now when you kind of want it to, yeah. January, February rolls around and they'll start to grow then. Because they know best. Oh, yeah. I've just been finding just random carrots in my garden. When did I plant this? I don't remember. But it's a tasty <laughs> carrot now and I get to eat it. Seeds are also so much cheaper than oh, yeah. actual plants. I refuse to pay more for a mm -hmm. seedling than I would pay for the full-grown thing in the grocery store. That's one of my rules of thumb. Oh, yeah. I've collected seeds from plants I have that bolted, and I put them in little Ziploc baggies and then forget mm -hmm. to label them. And now I've got some mystery <laughs> seeds that I'm going to be growing. It's either mustard or broccoli. I don't know. Okay. So, But you know which season to plant it. Right. Not to say uh, mustard greens are great, incredibly productive, mm -hmm. very tasty. You grow those uh, big red mustard greens and you cook anything with them and it turns a bright purple color. That's it's just exciting. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And also time to get herbs back in the ground. If anything had died over the summer, your parsleys, your oreganos, your thyme, mm -hmm. your sage. Although Texas sage has a way of just lasting through the summer. That's always nice. Yeah. But it's still good to get the next one going just in case. Mm -hmm. Do you do lettuce? I, you know, I've grown lettuce, but yeah. I, I just got this, this turn off with lettuce. When I pick it, I feel like it gets all dirty. It's there on the ground. I like growing dinosaur kale because it gets really tall and the leaves are there <laughs> up out of the soil. So I don't really have to oh. worry too much about washing them. So you get these kale trees. Yeah, exactly. Just like these bizarre, ancient, like Jurassic style kale. Yeah. Okay. But I just think lettuce is one of the great things to grow in Houston. It's so, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm willing to wash it, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think kale is good to grow like in a pot where you kind of got oh. it a little isolated off from everything else. You got some good mulch under it. Yeah. It looks vaguely decorative. Yeah. And you can grow it anywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I had a friend who lived in an apartment and just on the roof of their apartment grew like all these bespoke little interesting lettuces. It's like bizarre, mm -hmm. weird things that you're going to pay like 25 bucks for in a salad at a fancy restaurant, except they had it themselves. And it was just incredibly delicious. Yeah. I love balcony gardens. So have you harvested anything yet? Are you harvesting stuff now? Um, I've, I mean, I've still got okra coming in, so I've been getting at that. Okay, from the summer garden. The summer garden stuff that's still alive is coming in. So your okras, eggplants, bell peppers, I've got that. I've got a banana tree that I'm waiting for the point at which I cut down the bunch of bananas. Oh, this is my like little ice cream banana. I got my first bananas. Yes, that, that's year. exactly what I have. And I'm waiting yeah. for the moment where I'm supposed to cut it down. And I too read Bob Randall's book to figure out like the right time for me to do that. And I'm waiting for them just to yellow a little bit more. Uh-huh. Mine got knocked off during a storm. And so oh. we brought them in and they've yellowed inside. Ooh, I'll keep my eye on that. What do you do with them? What do you do with your fresh ice cream bananas? You wait until they're very yellow uh -huh. because you don't want to waste them. And then you peel them and eat them. Oh, so you just like eat them straight up? Straight up. I mean, you can do anything that you would with a normal grocery store Cavendish banana. Yeah. But these are much tastier. How do they taste different? Are they sweeter? Are they just more flavorful? They are both sweeter and a little tartar. 
It's it's a more intense taste. It's not. It doesn't taste like vanilla ice cream. I don't know mm-hmm. why it's called an ice cream banana, but it is just a superior banana. You realize how flavorless the grocery store ones are. I, I was on a, a date night at Brennan's the other week, and we got uh-huh. the bananas Foster. And now I want to do that at home with uh-huh. my own garden bananas. Although I worry I will burn down the house, but you know, <laughs> risks must be taken to enjoy gardening. And that would be worthy treatment of these bananas. Oh, yeah. I think that might be the right way to go about it. Set them on fire and worship them with rum. I'm also keeping an eye on all of my uh, trees, on all my fruit trees. Mm-hmm. I've got a fig tree where we've got a bunch of figs like that are about to turn brown. Uh, and I'm also thinking about the right way to fertilize my citrus trees now so that getting into January, February, they're really healthy. You've got some good blooms. And something else mm-hmm. to keep in mind also is pruning them. The right way to prune the trees in summer, towards the end of summer, so that they're ready to grow uh, the right flowers, the right kind of structure uh, when it comes time for fruit. And I, I know very little about pruning, I'll admit. I've bought two or three books on the topic, and I'm still confused when I get out there with my loppers and my pruners <laughs> and trying to figure out the right way to do a cut. Right. And citrus trees, branches grow in every direction. Yes. So you've got to like keep your eye on that. You want to make sure they're properly spaced. You don't want too many crowded in the same area. You want to make sure that you're keeping the ones that grow up at like a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I've determined. You want to make sure you have your clean cuts and clean tools. Yeah. I've also got my two apple trees. One of them has started to bloom And I think it's a little early. I don't think they're supposed to be blooming right now, but they're not going to fruit anyways because they need to cross-pollinate. I didn't realize you could even grow apples here. I thought it was too hot. There's a couple special varietals you can grow. I've got an Ein Schemmer, which was developed in like Israel, you know, kind Uh of similar uh, weather. And then a Golden Dorset too, which I think is from the Caribbean. Uh, In fact, at a Trees for Houston event this past weekend, they were handing out Golden Dorset trees, which is just fantastic. But you really need at least two to cross-pollinate and ideally two different species or two different varietals. Yeah. So we'll see what we get out of those. I'll I'll just consider it a success if I keep them alive because they don't really like the heat. They don't like having wet feet. You need a good raised bed for them. Um, but they've been growing really well. I've also noticed that the loquat trees are starting to flower right now. Yeah. They're preparing for those those February, March fruits. So, you know, as you see your loquat trees start to bloom, get some fertilizer down on them, help them out, get them some good mulch, and uh, make sure they're healthy. Yeah, I'm excited about loquats. Houston's original neighborhood downtown is for everyone and it's poppin'. It's our open-hearted home for our biggest celebrations and our treasured hidden gems. From the world-class theater district to incredible green spaces like Discovery Green, downtown is the place to be. In fact, more people visited downtown Houston last year than the entire population of Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, and San Antonio combined. There's no better time to live downtown than now. From starter apartments to luxury lofts, everyone can take 
take advantage of the arts, business, culture, entertainment, food, and recreation. Now, you might think of downtown as only the heartbeat of Houston's regional economy, which it is, but there's so much more to it, including free events throughout the week with Downtown Houston Plus. From the Market Square Park Farmer's Market every Saturday to Yoga Flow every Wednesday, you can find something to do and eat and watch in Downtown Houston. Learn more at downtownhouston.org. Downtown Houston, get energized and revived. Any other tips you'd give people who are thinking about getting into gardening? I'd say you really need raised beds. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can do it with just some bricks, some pieces of wood. You can buy some raised bed kits. Uh, but that's the real problem with growing in Houston, that our soil is just thick and clay and awful. And particularly if you live in a home, probably what happened is that someone mm -hmm. built that home and then they took all of the garbage that was left over from construction, kind of left it on the ground, covered it with cheap soil, and then put sod on top of it. And so you're not going to have really good soil. Um, and for those who have their lawns and like their lawns, who now is also time to make sure that you're putting down your compost top dressing or, or your, uh, your humic acid. And then towards the end of October, around Halloween, you want to put down uh, some good fertilizer for the winter to keep it healthy. Um, but Houston soil was made for like sweet potatoes and okra, and that's about it. And even then, that's presuming that like you've torn up your soil so it's not super compacted. Um, so any, anytime you want to do growing, you've got to think about getting some raised beds in there and some good soil. And over time, as that starts to settle and the whole thing starts to sort of become alive, you'll get those nutrients into the soil and you'll see changes around it, even not in the bed. And it's really fascinating to watch. Oh, so the grass around it greens up and looks happier? Yeah. Just like other things start growing, like seeds get in and they start growing and you just break through that monoculture of yards. And yeah. you just get weird, funky things, especially as you uh, grow plants that do nitrogen fixation, that have sort of big roots that help bring nitrogen into the soil. Blue bonnets do that well. I didn't know that. Okay. Beans do that well, or anything that breaks up the soil yeah. too. And I mean, you've written about this about uh, at Herman Park planting big daikon radishes just to break that. up the soil, and then they just. <laughs> turn it back into the soil. They just let it kind of rot there. And they were getting ready to plant native plants. Yeah, exactly. Over really degraded dirt. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm also keeping my eye open for like using this nice period of time to maybe get some trees in the yard. Ideally, the time to plant them is spring, but our winters aren't that bad. So if you've mm -hmm. got some trees that can do well in cold weather, you could think about putting them in the ground now. I'm looking at, uh, I want to get a pomegranate tree. Oh, those can take some cold, right? Uh, yeah. And so I found some yeah. spots where I think I go to, I've also got this uh, pecan tree in a pot that I've never planted yet. And I really feel like I need to get it in the ground now because it's not going to survive that much longer just in a pot. Yeah. And that should be able to take the cold. I think the only things that I would really wait till spring on are citrus trees. That's right. And some citrus can can handle it. Yeah. Other ones cannot. I go down to Home Depot just to buy various supplies. It's not the best place, but it's convenient. And they're selling these lime trees that I know you're going to have to bring inside over the winter. Just like 32 yeah. degrees and a breeze will kill it. <laughs> and like, I know it doesn't get cold in Houston and climate change makes it yeah. all the more so, but you're going to get a day when it's 32 degrees and a breeze. Yeah. I'm thinking about growing some of those in pots and bringing them into my living room. Yeah, exactly. Those seem like it'd be nice. Although I've heard what you really need to do when you bring them in is the sudden shock from going like 
45 degrees to 70 degrees can kill them. Mm -hmm. So you need to keep them in your garage. Okay. Otherwise, you're just going to kill it off. Set up like a grow operation for my trees. Yeah. Or I'll just drag them in and out. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm feeling inspired. I need to go plant things. Oh, yeah. Now, especially like you have that first kind of nice Saturday where you want to enjoy the outdoors in Houston Mm -hmm. and you want to have a nice yard to invite your friends over to sit around maybe like the one or two days when it's actually cold and you've got a (laughs) fireplace outside. Yeah. And you can show off your tomatoes and gloat. Oh, yeah. You show off those (laughs) winter tomatoes. You show people broccoli that's growing. You pull a beet out of the ground. Oh, Evan, such status signaling. It sounds really fun. (laughs) It is fun. And, you know, also you got to think like, what do I have that I can eat for Thanksgiving? Like, what can I plant now? If you're thinking like, you know, a side of greens or some veggies for Thanksgiving, like you can get them in the ground now. Not that, not that tough. Even just a pot, you can grow some nice things. And then you're going to impress your whole family and friends with, oh, look at these beets that I made. We have roast beets for Thanksgiving. (laughs) All right. I need to do that. Thanks, Evan. It's been fun. Oh, my pleasure. Talk to you later. That was CityCast contributor Evan Mintz. In our conversation, a couple of times we mentioned a book that our area's gardeners swear by. It is Year-Round Food Gardening for Houston and Southeast Texas by the marvelously obsessive Dr. Bob Randall. We will have a link to that in our show notes. Now I am here with lead producer Dina Kisba. Dina, what is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. All right, y'all. Houston is getting its first THC and CBD-infused dining experience. Nope, I did not stutter. You heard me right. The founders of Grinders Coffee Bar are spreading their wings and adding a new luxurious cannabis-infused restaurant experience. It's going to be called Wild Montrose. Sounds pretty fitting, right? The new hotspot is open now and is actually coming on the heels of Wild in the Heights, which is the first hemp-infused cocktail and coffee experience that launched earlier this year. And if you're wondering, yes, this is all legal. So if you hit it up, y'all got to come back and tell us how it was, what y'all thought. Don't hesitate to hit us up and tell us what it was like. Our contact info is always in our show notes. That is it for our show today. If you don't already get our newsletter, you should sign up for it at houston.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. I got COVID a few weeks ago and just I've had a cough that I haven't been able to kick since then. So at some point, I should probably go into a doctor and just be like, help. (laughs) 